What's up, everybody? And welcome back to Casually Canine. It's me, Kate. (laughs) A little bit of a different start for this episode today. Um, It's just me. Casey, as we speak, is down in the kennel room doing some cleaning. I'm talking to you at 4.11 p.m. on Monday. And we had a very, very just busy day with a go-home that had an owner shadow add-on. So that's just additional hours spent with the dog and owner um, and pickups and getting dogs bathed and getting them fulfilled while they're here, all of the things. And also in the middle of that, trying to take care of ourselves, getting in a workout and things like that. So we just decided to divide and conquer. And I am joining you guys today solo for a brief and hopefully um, beneficial episode of your favorite podcast, Casually Canine. So earlier I had Sherlock. He is a chocolate lab that uh, was in training for our two and a half week program. 10 month old guy came in just honestly, like when I say typical lab, he was a great example of it. Like pulls, jumping, loves all people, loves all dogs, wanting to be in everything. And today he left a very distinguished gentleman. Um, Of course, he had his moments, but it's really cool to see a dog and owner dynamic get back together that I can tell that there were boundary rules and great attempts at getting management underway, I guess you could say. This isn't a dog that just rules this house that is allowed to do whatever he wants. Like the owners have had chocolate labs for years. He just kept them a little bit more on their toes than some of their others. And he's a different dog, so that's normal. But it was really cool to see, even though he's been very used to pulling on the leash so hard, you could tell that he took to his owner's direction and like leaned into his respectful Sherlock that he's been with me pretty quickly with them, which is super, super cool to see. I can immediately tell. Um, and if you are listening and you are a graduate of mine and your dog lost their mind when they saw you, do not worry. This is not the case for everyone. But often I can usually tell when owners have already worked really hard on things with their dogs at home versus rules being a completely new avenue for the dog and owner. So it was really cool to see, of course, the messy moments were there, um, but it was more coming from a space of like a little bit of confusion. Um, You know, obviously this is a huge learning curve for the humans as well. So that's why we spend so much time with our owners and give them so many resources because we know that like we make it look easy from a standpoint of their dogs typically listen so well to us, but it's because we do it every single day. We have a different relationship with their dog, all those kinds of things. So I was very, very happy with how this go home went. Um, Sherlock was solid um, with mistakes because he's a dog and his owners were so prepared. Like it was awesome. Like a lot of our owners are extremely prepared when they come, but I can always tell those that have like dotted their I's, crossed their T's, read and watched everything. Um, Usually their questions that they have are just so solid. So it was a really good go home. And I have to be honest, like sometimes when we have what would seem a little bit more of like a not so great go home, they can feel a little bit defeating. So if you're listening to this as a trainer and you're like, oh, I wish my go homes went like that. Trust me, not all of mine do. Like I've had tough go homes and I've actually posted 
um, videos on our subscription page of examples of our tough go homes. But Sherlock did very, very well. And I'm happy with that. So we went from seven dogs this weekend with like a switch out of dogs in the midst. So in total, uh, 10 dogs down to two tonight, which is just, it's nice. It really is. Like when you are going, you know, having to fulfill that many dogs for however many days, like you're, you're tired. So little Nashy, the doodle that we have, she goes home tomorrow. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it on here, but she's actually from Alabama. So how cool is that? Um, our second dog from Alabama. And if you remember, Louie was the other dog, another doodle. They look completely different. Um, they're neighbors. So I cannot wait to see when Nash goes home. Hopefully the owners get together for walks and maybe do like a patio hangout because we know that they can probably do that a little bit more throughout the winter months than us here in Wisconsin. So that's going to be really cool. I do think that she's going to have her um, moments of struggle during the go home. A, she's six months old, so that's going to play a part. And B, she was so used to being the center of attention because she made it that way. She demand barked. She tugged with the leash. She every Every little thing was like, if Nash wants something, I'm going to bark about it. I'm going to whine about it. I'm going to go bug you for it. So I think that we're going to have some moments tomorrow, but uh, we'll see. I'll keep you guys posted. So with that, as we're kind of talking about go homes, I posted in my stories um, earlier today, so Monday, for today's episode, which if you're listening to it on launch day is Tuesday, just a little question box saying like, hey, what kind of go home questions do you have, whether you're another trainer or an owner? Um, And you guys submitted some really great questions. So I'm just going to jump into those. Um, So first, I think a good one to start is just a how we structure our go home. And I think this will kind of um, give a good layout for a couple of the questions that I got, because a lot of it was kind of like the structure, what do you start with, that kind of stuff. So let me just take you through a Cliff Notes version, even though we all know I'm not brief, but here we are. You listen to me anyways, and I love you for that. (laughs) So it starts with the owner getting here, and I meet them outside, I greet them, I give them their dog's food, let them know, you know, there's a 15-foot long line in here, here's your e-collar box, like all of the things, and then I invite them into the upstairs portion of our kennel room building, and we talk for typically anywhere from 20 to 45 minutes, it depends on the dog, depends on the length of the program, depends on how many questions the owner has. And I let them know basically right off the bat is, hey, we're going to start with talking about the things I think you're going to struggle with at home. So we talk about that. I ask if there's any questions from our go home packet or anything that they saw on our stories during their dog's stay. And we just really talk about the transition back home. Um, I have them feel the e-collar. I bring that up with me. And then I give them a really good rundown of what the go home is going to look like. So after we talk, I let them know, all right, we're going to start with the walk. That is the first time the owner is going to see the dog and the dog is going to see the owner. I have them, I'm, I'm very much, and again, I'll talk about this in a second of how I prepare the owner for the go home, but 
I structure pretty much every single go home the exact same way because I find so much success with this. So again, we talk and that gets some jitters out. So once you like get the owner there, you get talking. It's not immediately like their dog out on places. They walk in and they have to ignore them and you have to battle the dog and get the owners feeling right. Like just chat for a while, get everyone feeling good, get you feeling good. Cause I know I still, to this day, even though I can't even count how many go homes I've done, um, I still get a little nervous because I want the owner to be super happy and I, you know, know what their dog knows and I want them to do well. So get those jitters out. And then I let the owner know, okay, we're going to start with the walk. I tell them, I want you to go out the door that you came in. I tell them where I want them to be standing and I prepare them for the worst. So I say, you're going to be awkwardly facing up our steep driveway. This is going to be the hardest first couple of minutes of the go home because again, I'm asking you to ignore your dog. This is not an immediate family reunion. I tell them I'm going to walk out with your dog and a heel on my left hand side. You aren't going to look at me and you're just going to start walking up the hill with me. I personally, and I tell the owner this ahead of time, I'm going to pass the leash off to you right away. I don't even keep it where I'm trying to battle the dog next to me. I pass the leash off immediately, but I keep the e-collar remote in my hand. And I let the owners know, the first thing you're probably going to say to your precious dog is no. And that's if they're jumping all over you, trying to pull. And I know from a human perspective, like that's hard for some owners, but my owners truly I haven't had anyone be like, are you kidding me? Like, I can't say hi to my dog. Never. Yeah. Some are like, okay, this is going to be really hard, but I let them know, hey, trust me. And we get to the top of my driveway. I let them know to put their dog in a sit, to release them, and they get to say hi. And we talk about all of that as well. So it's really not a big deal. But this is a great moment for you to set the tone with the dog and them thinking it's coming from the owner. So I keep the remote, the dog tries to go jump, pull, anything, I tap on the e-collar for that. And again, working with the dog for however many weeks, I know kind of what number to be at. I prepare the owner to know that their dog might come out as if they have not been trained. And that's why I'll make a joke saying like, that's why I share so much on social media because you know I you know I taught him some things. Um, and it gets a little laugh and, you know, everyone feeling a little bit lighter. And some dogs do come out, you guys, like insane and even I'm not ready for it. And others, I'm like, um, this is amazing. Uh, Sherlock was a good example today as he definitely tried jumping on his owner. I tapped, I believe it was at like a 25 out of 100. And then he was walking nicely next to her all the way up the driveway until we released him and we had to work on some jumping when they were actually saying hi and things like that. But that's how we start. If the dog is still losing their mind by the time we get up to the top of the driveway, I ask the owners, please keep moving. We want to get him or her into a better state of mind before we give them what they're looking for. And that's their, oh, hi, 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 all of that kind of stuff. So say, you know, the dog does really well. We have to work through some of that stuff. Then everyone gets their little high, you know, I let them lick up all, you know, the dog's licking their owner's faces and they do what they need to do. And then I say, all right, let's get back to work. And we talk through anytime you start up the walk, you hit the tone button once 
and we do our walk. We practice pass-bys with another dog. I'll bring a squeaky ball out. I'll baby talk the dogs. We talk about positioning, changes of pace. We really focus on the walk. Um, And if there's specific things that the dogs struggle with, say they have a really hard time with a bike passing by, I'll have Casey bike past if he's able to, or I'll do something. Like we set up the situations in the way that we know the owner will need the setup for back home. So if it's a dog reactive dog, we're doing dog pass bys, you know, sit stays while we're walking around with another dog, state of mind of fixation, talking through all of that. Once we get done with the walk, we head back down to um, our property and we do long line stuff. So we get all the outside stuff right away. I like doing the long line stuff after the walk because the dog has some of the jitters. So we get them switched over to a long line and we do um, usually start with some structure in that. So like an off leash heel and then we'll do some recalls and some sit stays. We'll break them, let them go and, you know, sniff in our grass a little bit, go in the woods a little bit. Um, but just making sure that the owner feels really comfortable with the timing of the remote. Um, But what I do find in that is most often they need more practice on the stationary commands than the actual recall. Again, that's just different for every dog and owner, but most often the dogs feel so foreign staying put with their owners around that we might have to navigate some whining, some wanting to pop up. So just make sure that you focus on in that like outdoor section on what the dog is showing you they need more practice on. I know it's easier to just do the flashy recalls and the off-leash heels, but like if they're doing beautiful on that, but they're struggling on downstays, practice your downstays. Show your owner how to work through that. And if you're an owner listening to this, think about that from a standpoint of where you struggle with your dog, maybe put a little bit of additional focus on that and a little bit less focus at times on the things that come easier to you guys. And then when you need a little bit less of a you know tough session or tough day, do the opposite. And then we go back inside, we practice calmness going through a threshold, and I have the owners walk up to a place bed, point, tell their dog place, and then I have them sit back down on the couch. They keep their dog on leash, and this is typically where I tell the owners, hey, this is where we might start to hear some whining, because they've been by their owner now for the entire go home, and now they're sitting in a quiet room with not a lot going on, and this is where our whiners really start to pick it up. Um, And this can be a little bit challenging for other trainers, myself included at times, if you just have like a dog that's like constantly, because this is where we have to do more correcting and we have to work through it. And you don't exactly know how a dog's going to respond to it with their owners around. So we get through that and then we do a little bit of impulse control, whether that's showing them how to do some door protocols, throwing toys. And then I practice having them take the dog off of place, putting them into the kennel, patients coming out of the kennel, picking up the leash is not an invitation to pop up. If applicable, we do the dog's nails um, and we end with the inside stuff. So it is an extensive go home session. Like this is not a here's your dog, here's your walk, like, see you later. I've literally heard of that, of people being like, yeah, I picked up my dog, it was like 30 minutes. I'm thinking, what? Um, For a normal go home that is not an owner shadow add-on, that's a new thing that we offer. Um, Our go homes are typically around two to two and a half hours, just depending, but mainly around two hours. Um, And then if we are doing an owner shadow add-on, honestly, I don't really do much of a cap. Like we go and do an outing and we're done when we're done. Like I'm 
sticking with and working with the owners until everyone's feeling really comfortable and confident. Um, So yes, we spend a lot of time with our owners because again, they almost feel like they are learning a foreign language. And once their dog goes home, we want them to feel prepared. So that is how we structure them. Let me talk a little bit about, and someone asked this, um, do you send home information packets or any helpful things they can refer back to? Of course, and I feel that this is essential because you have to remember when a dog goes home or the owner comes for the pickup, I kind of tell my shadow students when they come or if I'm talking to uh, trainers at the trainer and you or on a virtual is plan on your owner getting like it just depends on the person, of course, like 50 to 75% of the information you're giving because it is information overload. Don't expect them to remember every word you say. So we have a our canine graduate handbook, which we actually sell on our website. I've had so many uh, trainers actually purchase it just to use as a good example for them to create their own. Um, and I've actually had some trainers send their owners to buy our canine graduate handbook, but it's 50 plus pages of information of the transition back home, of the anatomy of the tools, of how to handle the walk, how to handle your dog popping off of place. And I expect owners to watch or to read that prior to pickup. Included in that packet is a link to a 50-minute go-home video. So all of that must be watched and read prior to pickup. To some people not, probably, but then they're going to miss things. And at the end of the day, it's their dog, not mine. So I want them to be prepared because I don't want to see their dog suffer by any means. But if they don't, because we send it with plenty of time for them to read and watch, um, you know, that that has to be on them. But as a trainer, I really feel like you have to set the owner up for so much more success than the dog. Yes, we want to practice a ton. And as you guys see on our stories, we don't even post everything that we do. We do so much with these dogs when they're with us. So, so, so much. But I want to make sure that I pour just as much into the owners. So I expect them to read and watch all of those things prior. And if you purchase our canine graduate handbook, um, off of our website, don't buy the video as well because the link is in the packet. So you don't need to do both. But yes, that is crucial and setting up owner's expectations prior to pickup. So on my what to prepare for the go home, obviously that is attached as their homework, but I also let them know to prepare for not being super like amped up when they see their dog. Like initially the first 15 minutes, it's gonna be no talk, no touch, no eye contact. And I let them know and I empathize with them. I know that's hard. I know that's not gonna be easy, but it's crucial for your success and your dogs. And I never have people like push back on that. Um, So it's so much more about setting realistic expectations and setting them firmly and respectfully. Like at the end of the day, they are hiring you for your program. So give them your program by letting them know this is the expectation upon pickup. Um, So with that, the next question is, how do you handle super excited dogs and excited owners when they first meet? So honestly, the dogs, my biggest thing with that is I very much know the dog's response to the e-collar prior to uh, their owner picking up. So that's why I do the pass off on keeping everyone moving, you know, tap at a little bit of that higher elevated number for the jumping and stuff like that. And it's not always a perfect science, but 
the super excited owners, that to me is a what are you asking the owners to do? What are you telling them to prepare for? Like if the owners are not listening to you saying like, you know, we need to keep our energy neutral, give them an example of exactly what that looks like before they see their dog, before they come to pick up, before they even book with you, like make sure you talk about those things. Because if you start to um, create and talk more about that and create that like storyline for your program, those are the owners that you're going to attract. So yes, I have so many owners where these dogs are literally their children and I get it, Um, but they very much trust me and they don't push back on when I say this is what we need to do because there's a time and place for it. I definitely let them get excited and all of that, but um, make sure you're setting really clear boundaries in the beginning. Let them know it'll come and we'll have our little moment, but this is crucial for your dog. Like put it back on them of like, we need to do this for, I'm going to use Sherlock, Sherlock, because he was the one that just went home. So make sure you let the owners know the expectations prior to pick up, prior to bringing the dog out. And then the dog, it's more of like, how do they respond to the training that you've done? But then also just preparing the owner for them to come out, you know, having a really, really strong previous um, response to being back in their owners. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Not vicinity, but having the owner back into the equation. Um, and let them know that we might have to have some tough moments before things, you know, everyone kind of shakes off their nerves. So it's very much more about managing owner's expectations and what you expect them to do as well. And then you put in here, especially labs when they see their owners. So my most challenging dogs have typically been um, doodles are honestly, some are fantastic, but I would say 90%. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is not the dog that I trained. Like we have seen some wild stuff from doodles and then um, German shepherds, any sort of herding breed. I've had like, oh my gosh, they're vocal and their association of their owner is so strong. And then the other one is um, English Springer Spaniels, like next level. I couldn't even believe uh, the association that they had with their owners. So Again, I know the dog prior to the owner coming out. And again, sometimes I'm wrong. So I really do set the owners up with the precedent of prepare for your dog to come out like a mad woman or a madman. And we will work through all of it and know that they're going to have to have some tough moments. Like we're going to have to correct at higher numbers. It's, you know, it's going to be a learning curve. Just really talk them through it before them having to kind of like navigate it once the dog is out. Okay. The other questions I have are what order do you go over behaviors routine in? Oh, I kind of already went over that. And then mm, how do you break down info and F- efforts not to overwhelm clients? That's a great question. So obviously you heard my my breakdown and I obviously leave room for all of that of like, you know, is this making sense? Any questions right now? I let them know in the beginning, like, hey, this is your go home session. So if you have a question at any time, like let me know. But that's where the go home packet and the video come in clutch, you guys, because they'll be like, oh, this makes sense. Because I remember in your video, you talked exactly about this. I'm like, yes, I did. So it's the full setup. It's not just the go home session that matters. It's everything else that I provide as support for the owners prior and post 
um, training. So really think about that. But yeah, I, I let them know, I know this is overwhelming and I want you to revert back to your canine graduate handbook. Like at any point, ask questions that you have. And I can usually read owners too. Like if I can tell that, you know, we need to simplify things a little bit, like this owner is not going to go, um, do recall to an off-leash heel to, you know, all this crazy stuff, I'm going to be like, well, let's really focus on the walk. So I might, with some owners, spend time just focusing on the walk and a little bit of recall stuff. And then the inside stuff. I know my owner's lifestyle before, and I heavily focus on the things that's going to make their lifestyle with their dog fulfilling and for both human and dog um, and easier. But yes, I think that all of the things I send before, what I talk about while their dogs are here, and then giving them the support of our private Facebook group after um, really helps everyone. Um, how long do you usually last? And do I ever conduct them in clients' homes? So again, like I said, about two hours um, depends on the dog, uh, but that's usually the allotment time. And I really don't do them in clients' home because I also, like if you think about it, I have a lot of clients that do travel in. Um, if a dog is local and the owner does a owner shadow add-on, like for instance, the dog Juniper that I have, she goes home on Friday. We're actually, they're also doing an um, owner shadow add-on and we're going to be ending her go home at their house because that's where they have a lot of like explosive behaviors at the door. They can't have people over. So they live literally 10, 15 minutes from us. So I'm going to do it there. So it's just on a per basis, but no, I don't do it if um, it's just our normal go home. And obviously for some of my clients, I just can't. Okay. Another question I got was, do you allow kids to come with? That's a great question. So I used to, and after an experience, um, which was an adorable kid, but Casey basically had to end up being like play daycare and um, kind of keep the kiddo busy while I was working with the owner. Um, we decided no kids under 12 unless um, previously checked with me. And then obviously if it's a gen dog, I would talk with Jen to see what her feelings are on a kiddo coming. Because we've had some like eight-year-olds come and they're super um, involved and their attention span is great. But sitting and working for two hours, especially if the wind, the weather is not ideal, like that typically turns into um, more issues than not. So we also plan so far in advance with our clients of like, you know, they have usually months to plan for this. So I let them know ahead of time, hey, you're Go home is going to be during standard work hours on a weekday, you know, plan accordingly. And then in the go home video does talk about um, kids under 12 have to be approved by me first. And then how do you start heel work right away when the owner gets there? Or do you sit and talk about how to use the e-collar? Oh, okay. So I already answered that question. So a lot of great questions, you guys. But yeah, I mean, everyone has to do things that work the best for them. I used to do it a little bit different, but any shadow students I've had come, they're like, oh my gosh, I really like how you structure them. And maybe they've done them already really similar to that, um, but they've just made some minor adjustments. So again, not every single one goes perfect by any means. There's some that I'm like, oy, oy, oy. Um, but we always get to a spot where we're feeling better about things. My goal is to make sure that the owner knows how to navigate their dog moving forward. Like they don't need to do everything that I did with their dog because realistically, who's going to go on an outing almost every day with their dog? Like 
I pretty much do once the dog gets into their final week of training. Like no one. So as long as they can walk their dog in their neighborhood, uh, recall them in from outside, have them not being chaotic in the house, I focus very heavily on those kinds of things. So I hope that was helpful for you guys to kind of hear. Um, if it was, give this podcast a, a share to your friends, you know, you know, share the love. But yeah, I'm going to call it at that for today. I'll give you guys a peeve and a highlight. So my peeve um, would have to be, its I think I've probably had this as a peeve before, but I swear that like this December, again, we've talked about it, the weather has been so nice, like, you know, we've had normal cold days, but on go home days, I swear the weather hates me. Like today was windy and cold. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So that's my peeve of the week. And my highlight is probably, um, you know, I love, I love seeing the dogs go home from a standpoint. I love seeing the reunion back with their owners. I, I do enjoy the go home sessions. Um, I do like feeling a little bit lighter. So I'd have to say having this be a week of reuniting all of the dogs prior to Christmas. Like how cute is that? Home before Christmas. Um, so that's going to have to be my highlight. Oh, another highlight is it's just like little things that you can tell someone really cares about you is today when I was getting ready for, um, my go home, Casey knows that I like run really cold. Like I'm, it's just hard for me to warm up after being outside, even if I bundle up. So I'm like heading down and I'm wearing two sweatshirts and a long sleeve. And he's like, is your underlayer tucked into your pants? And I'm like, no. He's like, tuck your, tuck your, um, shirt into your pants. It helps a lot. So the draft doesn't go up. And I'm like, okay, you love me. Like, that's so sweet. I wouldn't have thought about it. He's like, it keeps me a lot warmer and I want you to stay warm out there. So that would have to be a little bit of a highlight because it's just those little things when you know someone's thinking about you and cares. But anyways, well, you guys, this is going to be the last podcast until Christmas. If you celebrate Merry Christmas, um, you know, I hope that you guys, if you want, have a white Christmas. We probably will not, which is crazy. Um, we'd like to, we'd like to have a white Christmas, but then the snow can go away. But if you spend time with family, I hope you enjoy it. If you don't do a whole lot, I hope you enjoy that as well. Um, you know, thank you for being a part of the canine community. We love you guys, and if you're listening on a, our podcast, you're clearly. Um, a OG or number one supporter or friend of ours. So we appreciate you guys being here and we will talk to you after Christmas. And until then, share with your friends, five-star review. You guys know how it's done and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Bye.